Is Missouri quarterback Connor Basilak compromised right now? Some more praise for Eli Drinkwitz's play calling. And also, between week one and week two at Missouri, some big improvements on the fan experience. All this and more on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball each and every weekday. Thank you for joining me once again. And if you're new, well, we're going to have a lot of fun on this program because I'm about as passionate as it gets when it comes to Missouri football. Also, a guy who's grown up in this area for a long time, so I know all the ins and the outs and all the what-have-yous. But I tell you what, on today's program, we got a ton to get to, as I already pointed out in the tease. Just quickly, I do want to remind you that the best place to get all your news on everything else around the Southeastern Conference is with Locked On SEC. Of course, Chris Gordy has you covered of Sports 790. Follow Locked On SEC podcast on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts for free. Oh, and by the way, some breaking news here in Tigerland. We do have a kickoff for the October 2nd SEC home opener against Tennessee. Another 11 a.m. kickoff. Yes, last week, 11 a.m. BC is going to be 11 a.m. Tennessee, also 11 a.m. I'm beginning to sense a little bit of a theme. We're the big noon Tigers at this point. I know a lot of people won't be thrilled by that, but for me, a content guy, I actually don't mind it, I have to say. But a real tailgate would be nice one of these days. But... You know, one thing I want to lead with here, I thought Connor Basilak's play for the most part was really, really solid against Southeast Missouri, but I do have to admit I noticed a bit of a drop-off towards the end of the second half, and I think that might have had to do with injury, at least some type of pain, some type, he was compromised somewhere. I know Eli Drinkwitz sort of made light of a potential injury for Connor after the game, saying he... I don't know. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. I apologize. But basically, oh, he's he's looking for an acting award or something like that. To me, that was just a coach maybe downplaying something a little bit. Because don't get me wrong, I'm sure Connor's going to start next week against Boston College. I just wonder if, I don't know if he has bruised ribs. I have absolutely no idea. I don't want to speculate. But again, I thought the difference in his accuracy the last drive or two from the first parts of the game was was pretty stark. It really was. I mean, suddenly he's missing guys that are wide open down the sidelines. He missed Messiah Swenson down the right side. He missed Barrett Bannister down the left side. Both guys were pretty darn wide open. Now, those are passes down the field. Sometimes stuff happens. But even more notably, Tyler Beatty scored his second touchdown on a good play design. He starts off on the left of Connor Bazelak, ends up going in motion to the right. Everybody essentially just blocks for Beatty. This is a, t- a type of play that the Kansas City Chiefs actually ran last night to pick up a first down. 
Well, apparently Eli likes it as well. He ran it in the red zone, got Beatty into the end zone the first time. But again, after Basilak came up a little bit gimpy at one point in the second quarter, well, again, on this later drive, Missouri runs the exact same play to Tyler Beatty. I mean, again, this is just a quick dump off to a running back, but Basilak short arms it. He doesn't get the ball to Beatty. To me, I have to question if maybe he's a little bit hurt there because that just didn't look like a normal Connor Basilak type throw to me. Hopefully he'll heal up and everything will be okay by Boston College. I'm glad we hit some deep shots in the first quarter. Basilak looked good and everything, but this is why I was saying, hey, if he's a little bit banged up, we should sit him, at least for a, a vast majority of the football game. Instead, we played him an entire half, and well... He might have ended up aggravating whatever injury was bothering him clearly at the end of that Kentucky game. So I'm a little bit nervous there, but otherwise I think as a Missouri fan, you got to like what happened in this football game. Not a lot of other injuries, although notably Darius Robinson left the game, went down, was grabbing his knee. That one didn't look great, I'll admit that. So we'll just have to hope on that one. Ennis Rakestraw, by the way, sat out along with Case Cook, the right guard from Missouri. Rakestraw, the cornerback. I saw him dancing around. Dancing. I saw him jumping around, celebrating with his teammates, generally having a good time and being a rah-rah kid on the sidelines. So considering he was lying face down and grabbing the back of his leg at one point in the Kentucky game, I'm not too worried about whatever injury that might be long term. I just wish maybe, to be honest, I wish we would have been a little bit more careful with Basilak because while on a lot of those deep shots, we very wisely had an extra blocker in almost every time just to make sure we protected Basilak. Generally, a tight end would be a protector there for him. Still, he eventually took a pretty good shot, and I, I, to me, again, he just didn't look like quite the same player on the last drive or two, and I think that had something to do with him being physically compromised. But you know what? I have some good news for you. You no longer have to compromise when it comes to playing daily fantasy. You don't have to say, well, I like daily fantasy, but what are the odds of me actually winning a huge amount of money against thousands and thousands of experts, right? Well, that's why there's Prize Picks, which is a leader in college sports daily fantasy action. Here's the best part. It's just you against the projections. They set a number, you go against that, you can pick two to five players on any of their over-unders versus their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Again, it's just you versus these projections. Also, mixed sport entries, you can combine a basketball basketball pick with a football pick, Increase your odds. Hey, I want LeBron and Mahomes at the same time. Well, you can do it with prize picks. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store and download today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. So another big statistical game for Tyler Beatty. Fortunately, we were able to keep him pretty fresh for the most part. He didn't play a ton of snaps, but when he was in here, when he was in there, we certainly let him touch the football, no doubt about that. But I tell you, one thing that was interesting is on one play when Dominic Lovett 
came all the way across the field on somewhat of a a medium drag route, I guess you would call it. Him just sort of going all the way across the field through the middle of the play. And basically, Tyler Beatty got him open on that play. Because by the time Lovett got all the way across the field, and a good good blocking by the Missouri front on this play, because you got to have some protection to make this route work. But by the time Lovett makes his way all the way across the other side of the field, the linebacker who has the responsibility of guarding both Lovett, sort of his deep intermediate route there, and Tyler Beatty in the flat, well, guess what? You have to respect Tyler Beatty in the flat now. You can't just be like, oh, just ignore him. He's just a running back. No, we know he's one of the most explosive pass-catching running backs in the country and maybe the best one I've ever seen at Missouri, quite honestly. So he is an absolute weapon there. And just his mere presence, in my opinion, got Dominic Lovett open on that play for probably a 15-yard gain or so. That's when you've really reached another level of being a great player is when your mere presence can get other people open. Also, just going back and watching the Eli Drinkwitz film every week, at this point is becoming a, a true pleasure for me. The guy just knows how to design an offense, knows how to design plays, all that kind of stuff. And even if I'm going to nitpick him like I have before on his clock management, well, again, to me, it's a lot like Andy Reid. Now, I, I put out a podcast fairly recently that said, Eli Drinkwitz is the next Andy Reid. Well, of course, online, people who don't actually listen to the show, they have to chime in with their disagreements about, oh, how can you compare a guy who's been in college for two seconds to a Super Bowl champion? Well, here's how, everybody. Allow me to repeat myself for a second in case you missed that episode. Eli Drinkwitz is an excellent, creative play caller that uses all kinds of motion and play action and just general creativity. He's always ahead of the curve on that kind of stuff. And especially in red zone short yardage, he's going to come up with creative stuff that most coaches will not. But there's also some downsides too, right? Now, obviously, like you said, Eli can't compare his resume to Andy at this point. I mean, Eli's 38 years old. Give him some time. Number two, the real point here is, yes, they may have some similar deficiencies as well, at least right now. See, I think we all know Andy Reid is who he is at this point. Fortunately, Eli Drinkwitz at 38, hopefully he has enough time to maybe shore up some of his deficiencies, which to me has been just some odd time management moments on occasion. By the way, it occurred to me that Trey John Jeffcoat has been kind of quiet so far this season, but let's not overreact. I think that's my reaction on Jeffcoat is to not overreact because while, again, a fairly quiet game against SEMO, Jeffcoat only played 11 snaps. Clearly, the Missouri defensive staff and the whole team wanted to get just a lot of looks on various different players, and we certainly got that. Mission accomplished there. For instance, I had a listener write in expressing some concern about corner Allie Green, the transfer from Tulsa. Well, he got actually the most snaps on defense in this football game, with only 34, by the way. Not a lot of snaps to, to be leading the team. 
But that just shows how many guys they were, they were able to rotate in and get in on the field. And you know what? So far, so good for Green. Obviously not great competition to be seeing his most action, but I thought he looked pretty good for the most part. And he actually had an interception at one point that was actually waved off by penalty. So maybe an even better game than it looked in the box score for Mr. Allie Green. And obviously offensively, it was just good to be able to see Brady Cook at quarterback, Tyler Macon also, along with tight end Ryan Horstcamp, Dalen Carnell at corner, just several other guys, true freshmen who got to see their first significant action of the year. And maybe even more importantly, a guy who's been around now for his second year in the program, J.J. Hester, got caught a couple balls, including a long touchdown for about 60 yards from the aforementioned Tyler Macon. So, Really, nothing to complain about about this Southeast Missouri game whatsoever. Very penalty free. You know, maybe I wanted Boo Smith when he singled for a fair catch and let that ball bounce 15 yards. Missouri had to start on its own one. Okay, I'd nitpick that, but you know what? I think Boo Smith will live and learn. For the most part, nothing to really complain about as far as Saturday goes. And you know what? Another props goes out to the Missouri Athletic Department. The fan experience was much better in week three, the second home game, than it was in week one, without question. So I'm glad that Reed Francois, our new athletic director, and apparently the people who work for her, well, apparently they're listening because there were definite improvements. Still some room for improvement. I'll talk about that a little bit after this break, but I do want to tell you guys about one of our newest sponsors, and that's Sweat Block, the doctor-created, doctor-recommended Sweat Block Wipes. Yes, the dry shirt guarantee. You'll get your money back if these things don't work. But you know what? They're going to work. I can just about promise you that because they were featured and tested on actual firefighters on the Rachel Ray Show. So you know what? We're just football fans. I think these things will do perfectly for us. This is a great thing to just keep in your toiletry bag. If you have a big presentation, a hot date, or you're just going to be traveling all day, you don't want to pit out a shirt, Sweat Block is the perfect product for all of that. So if you or someone you love is dealing with eh, maybe a little bit extra in the sweat department, check out Sweat Block. Get it for 20% off today at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or check them out at Amazon or CVS. And by Built Bar. Yes, and for a limited time just this week, a new flavor of Built Bar. Yes, get get excited, everybody. Cookie Dough Chunk. Oh, man. Can you believe it? cookie dough in a protein bar, and yet it's relatively healthy anyway, well, believe it, because that's what we're doing over at Built Bar. But regardless, if, you like, if you're like, if you interested in the cookie dough chunk or not, the nine original flavors still available for your delight. But regardless, all of them have low amounts of calories, low sugar, low carbs, but they're high in protein. You can't beat that, right? So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Hey, shout out to the Hickman High School Band, by the way, for filling in as Governor Parson stole Marching Mizzou away from our Tiger fans for the bicentennial celebration for Missouri. But no, seriously, if you're a high school kid, I thought Hickman did a great job. Heard a little bit of their performance early on. And, you know, wearing uh, black marching band uniforms during a, a hot, hot afternoon, not exactly a joy, but you know what? They're in high school. They can take it, right? So, again, shout out to the QP band. Appreciate you all helping us out. And you know what? Part of that fan experience, of course, was the QP band. And we had a better fan experience in week three here, the second home game. At least I did, certainly. Number one, they listened to us on the sound. We actually got the sound mixing correct. And yeah, I know I sound like the dorky podcast host talking about sound levels when nobody cares. But you know what? I promise you, if it's way too loud and distorted, I think people felt a little bit tortured in the stands in week one. Well, you know what? They brought the level down to a tolerable level. And guess what? I'll tolerate whatever music you want to pump through as long as it's at a nice, tolerable level. So thumbs up there. I wasn't the only one who complained about that. But again, I'm just glad that we listened. Also, the concession lines were a little bit better, too. We added a couple more people in the south end zone, I noticed. That was very much appreciated as well. The only final note, though, the black partitions in the south end zone. Still up. Why is that? Somebody's got to explain that one to me. Again, get the partitions down. I want to be able to see the field. I thought that was one of the big selling points of the South End Zone concourse is that it's open and you can see everything. So let's get back to that. Also, I pointed out that Allie Green led the defense with 34 snaps. Well, on offense, Connor Wood led the entire team with 67 snaps, and actually that was most on the team by a, a pretty hefty margin. So obviously the coaches wanted to see more out of Wood, who right now appears to be your, your sixth offensive lineman for all intents and purposes. And you know he remained in the game, obviously started with Case Cook sitting this one out. Doesn't seem like whatever is bothering Case is too serious, but you know, again, something to monitor here during the practice week. But seems like Wood did okay during his snaps. Didn't watch him specifically, but also the young man Connor Tolleson, true freshman, got some snaps at center as well. I think Connor Tolleson might well be the heir apparent to Michael Maietti at center. I really do. So interesting thing to keep your eye on there. And also just one more final note. To me, Jamie Petway, once again, stood out pretty well in his limited action. Linebacker, Jamie Petway, I believe he's number 28, possibly number 29, but number one in my heart, clearly, because anytime he's on the football field, I just wind up being impressed, especially against the run. He seems like a hard-hitting, hard-nosed type linebacker. I'd just like to see him maybe get a little bit more action in meaningful situations and see what he does. Because I thought last season at the end he he had his moments, and he's had his moments in limited action so far this year too. He's one guy defensively that I'd like to see get some real reps this coming Saturday in Boston. 
You know what? The early line on that Missouri-BC game, Tigers favored by two with Boston College, frankly, not playing a, a real tough schedule so far. Not sure what to make of them yet, but certainly without their starting quarterback, you can understand why Missouri would be favored in this ball game. I'll have certainly more on the Eagles coming up this week and a little bit more on Saturday's game as well. But again, if you're interested in checking out any type of betting action, well, check out Locked On Bets with your boy Q, Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, the WTF, wrong team favored, and Lee's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts for free. So until next time, I am John Miller, and thank you for listening to Locked on Mizzou.